This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Trash Talk with TK. I am TK Tom Kelly. In this episode, we're joined by 94 WIP's Andrew Porter. Break down the NBA offseason, what lies ahead for the Sixers, and where some of the stars are going to end up. Let's go. All right, we now welcome on Andrew Porter, 94WIP.com. What's your official title, Porter? Uh, digital sports content guy. Digital sports digital, editor. Digital yeah. sports ta- content guy. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good title to put on your well, resume. I made up the content guy part, but uh, digital sports editor. sports. I don't even know what my title is. Who cares? I personally website like guy. the content guy. Yeah, part. website, content, page views, Porter page views. There you go. Well, yeah. Andrew's coming on to join me to talk a little bit about the NBA Draft Thursday night, free agency next week, which I'm doing the overnight that night, the Saturday into Sunday, which I did last year. It's actually a pretty fun shift. That's an awesome shift. Because yeah. there's a lot going on. I think this year it starts at like 6 p.m. Yeah, it starts earlier, yeah. Last year was midnight, which was, they had the whole Paul George thing was the big deal last year, and he was going to Oklahoma, or staying in Oklahoma City. But uh, a ton going on. This is going to be, I think, maybe the biggest offseason in, in I mean, potentially the most impactful offseason in NBA history. Since last offseason. Yeah. Since last yeah. offseason yeah. until next Until off-season. next offseason, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. The way the NBA has, like, shaped these months, July, June into July, has been, over the past five years, has been incredible. So if you're an NBA fan, I mean, this is prime time. This is awesome. There's rumors every day. It's it's awesome. It's player, better than the actual season. Yeah, yeah. It's player mobility because it gives you hope. It's like who can you get once the season starts? People don't actually care about basketball games. They care about fans at least. I mean, I love the NBA game, but like a lot of fans just want their teams to win championships. So like this is where you win championships in the NBA. Right. And the last couple of years, like people have had opportunities to get players. People have had the opportunities to get better and keep building. But now that it looks like the Warriors are, are dead, at least for next season, I right. mean, who knows what's going to happen beyond if they were to keep Durant. But, I mean, next season in the NBA is so wide open that I think you're just going to see a ton of teams just outgoing for it in any way. They, we've already seen it start with the Lakers, and, you know, we'll get into all of it. But when you look specifically at the Sixers, that's kind of where my thinking is right now, that... I know the Butler and Harris contracts, especially Butler, in four to five years, if you give them the max, could look really bad. But I, at this point, I don't even think you can think that way. I think you got to think about maximizing these next two to three years, try to bring these guys back if you can, and do anything in your power to win a title next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree completely. Um, I kind of just think the Sixers need to focus on continuing to grow Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And as long as they do that, they're going to be a top four team in the Eastern Conference. And I I, I mean, I'm very high on Ben Simmons, as you know, and I, I think too. you are too. So like 
to me, you have two All-Stars, and I think Simmons will eventually be a starter as well in the All-Star game. So you could have two of the top ten players in the league. You have to find the best ways to maximize those two guys. To your point, though, I agree. Right now, um, losing Butler and Harris would be pretty devastating for the franchise, it feels like. They'd have to, th- that has to be plan A, is to retain those two guys. Right. And J.J. you can throw in there. I don't know if they can afford J.J. as well, and maybe he's, he's probably off to the side, not as important, but he's another guy in the mix there who's kind of under-talked about. Well, I, I feel like if, like if you're going to retain J.J., if you're going to retain all three of them, JJ is going to have to take a significant pay cut, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. You know, he's a guy who's made a lot of money in the league. Uh, he loves it here from everything he said, all indications. I mean, he'd probably have to take somewhere in the, what I guess they'd be, they could go seven, eight million. If yeah, I mean, JJ's the most readable guy to me. Like, he's made it clear for three years. Now, this is his third straight summer he's been a free agent. He's always made it clear that there are a few things that are important to him. A, starting. B, win, playing on a winning team. Uh, C, money. And D, is a little bit less important, but proximity to home, which right. is Brooklyn. So, like, those four things he's always talked about are are what he's looking for. And really only the Sixers and, and a handful of other teams can offer him that. Indiana, he talked about he was close to signing with Indiana last year. So, like, he's pretty readable. Uh, he made $12 million last year. So I think if you offer him in the 8 to 10, 11-ish range, it can, it can get done if you want it to. If the Sixers want him, they can get him for that amount. I don't know if they do. Uh, maybe people have talked about Danny Green replacing him or guys like that. So it's it's very interesting. Look, in the NBA, if you um, re-sign your own free agents, you can go over the salary cap into the luxury tax. Right. Joshua Harris has said he's willing to do that. So that's where, like, if you want to sign J.J., you can. You just have to pay the tax. So with Butler specifically, let's start there. Um, I, I think the prevailing notion is that He's, you know, more likely than not to be back. You know, that's what I've seen a lot of people saying just because, you know, the competition out there, when you look at teams like the Lakers and the Rockets, who it's now reported to have significant interest in him, just at this point at least, they don't have the money that you'd think would be required to sign him. But in terms of, you know, are we past the point of, the question of whether the Sixers should bring Jimmy Butler back. We're, we're beyond that point, right? Yeah, like, I think he's proved that that he, look, he's only 30 years old. People talk about how old he is. He's only 30. Um, he's worth a max contract. It's his last contract, his last max contract. He'll play until he's 34, 35. He should be productive at least somewhat until then. He's very good. He's very good in the playoffs. He's very clutch. He helps play back. He can do a lot of things for them plays defense. He's not the the defender he once was at 27, but he's still a really good all-star caliber NBA player. And then if they can bring him back, if he accepts, they should max him. What I what, think. What's your level of confidence right now that he will be back? Because I like I've been pretty confident the entire time, but I gotta say, like the Lakers getting Anthony Davis really scared me because I, I thought before it would be tough for him to go to a team even with LeBron that, that, you know, probably couldn't contend for a title right away. 
But now, I mean, you put Jimmy Butler on a team with Butler with uh, Davis and LeBron. I mean, what else do they really even need? They yeah. just fill out the roster and they're a contender right away. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Butler's an enigma. He's really hard to read. And I'm not going to try to get into his head because he's that – I mean, that guy's whatever. He's a, a lot of things. Uh, hard, hard to read for sure. Money aside, um, if I'm Butler – I think he genuinely liked it here. He loved playing here. I think he liked playing with Embiid and Simmons, and he talked about that. Uh, I think he felt good. He he liked his role here. I think he respects Brett Brown. All that I think is true. But then, like at thirty years old, I mean, playing with James Harden, playing with Anthony Davis, playing with LeBron James, playing with guys like that, Kyrie Irving, potentially Kevin Durant, even potentially has to be attractive to him. I mean, those are his friends. He's played Olympic basketball with those guys, not in beatings. Simmons is 22. He's eight years older than Simmons. So right. I think playing with your friends, he's going to get max money from wherever he goes, and playing with guys like Chris Paul and James Harden has to – and he's from Houston too. He, he grew up – he played high school ball in, in Houston. I think money aside, I think he's definitely uh, – attracted to that stuff to i mean that's that's a lot I and mean, la is a big city playing there so all that stuff he's got to take into consideration i don't think it's a, a slam dunk he'll come back here i think it's very possible but uh, i wouldn't be shocked if he didn't that's a good point that i haven't heard a lot of people really talking about that you know just the dynamic of being with guys your age guys at your same period of life like yeah you just kind of I, I guess can relate to them better and that is something that that would probably be appealing to him. I mean, I still think, in the end, I still think he's he's back, but I'm much less confident than I was like a week ago about it. Yeah, it, it's totally up in the air now, and there's so many teams. Every day it's changing, and every day there's like different. I mean, just recently the Rockets came into play, and I didn't even think the Rockets were a possibility because of cap space, and they don't have the cap space to sign them. But it's like with Daryl Morey, who the heck knows? I mean, maybe they just make a trade, they get rid of Gordon and Compella and they, and they figure it out. I don't know, but it's like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Butler, you, you just don't know. And and the the thing is, like, championships, people think, like, they should just want to win championships or they just want money or they just da-da-da. I think Butler just wants to have fun. Like, I, I mean, I think that's pretty simple. Like, he just wants to have the most fun playing basketball, and that might be with a guy like James Harden, who he knows well. So I, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking, right. but I'm just trying to guess. And it might have been a contract year thing. I don't know. But, like, uh, certainly here, the the stuff that apparently were the issues with him in Minnesota, we saw none of that. No, I mean, none of that. He was ma- great. Th- there yeah. was a, apparently maybe one thing during a film session in Portland. Right. And that was, yeah. like, basically right. all week. And I was skeptical of him coming in, but he was great. Great, all through the playoffs, I, he was like, "I know that trade was yeah, rough on you." you it was. I wasn't. Ha- I was not happy about that. <laughs> I still think the Sixers could use a guy like Dario hey, and, and Covington back. But Dario they, has a bad year this year. You might be able to get him back he's, relatively he's cheap. Very unhappy in Minnesota, um, Dario. Now the, other, the and the other one before we get into some more of the league wide guys, Harris is interesting for like a different reason because. You know, Butler. I think it's agreed upon that if you can get him back, you bring him back. Right. Harris is kind of more murky in that regard, like because I I don't want to give Tobias Harris a five year max. I don't think anybody looks at him and says, yeah, that's a five year max player. Well, not the years because he's younger. It's right. the money. The that, money. Yeah. yeah. Like, is he worth thirty six million dollars no. a year? Like, that's crazy. Right. But that's what the go. It's like a a Mike Conley situation where like. 
they're fringe all-stars. I mean, Tobias Harris has never been an all-star. So I, I don't know if he even is going to get max money. We've talked about it in the media like he's a max player, but I don't know why. Like he, like $25 million a year is fair to me. I mean, wh- why does he have to get five-year max money? That seems outlandish for a guy who's never made the all-star team. Well, I'm wondering because I think there's a chance that Tobias Harris goes for that. Like, I think you can negotiate him to that because you can still offer him without giving him that absolute max. You can still offer him more than other teams can offer him. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the problem is, it's like it's again we're trying to get into Tobias's head. It's like a team like Brooklyn comes in and offers him the four year max at, at thirty million a year, forty million a year, and it's like, does he would he take a pay cut to play here? He gets the extra year here. Maybe the team's better here, but he's from New York. Brooklyn, Jay Z, there's young guys, you know. So it's like you got to get in these guys' head. I don't know what they're thinking or what they want to do, uh, and how much money, how much, you know, it's money, winning, friends on the team, proximity, all that stuff comes into play. Uh, Tobias is another one who's kind of hard to read. He's been out in Bali, you know, Bali posting on Instagram. Like I don't know he's what he just, wants. He's just such a yeah. hard player to get to pinpoint because like yeah. there's a reason he's been traded so much in terms of people always want him. Yeah, but. People also don't like him enough to not yeah. trade him. Well, he he's coming. He entered the league way too early. He was 19 for one year out of Tennessee, so he never really got going in the NBA until two years ago, where he's really found his zone, where he's a three point elite shooter. Like that's his role. He's a, a bigger JJ Redick. He doesn't really play defense. He can create better than JJ's bigger body, but uh, he's a great shooter. Is a great shooter worth 36 million dollars a year? I probably not, but it's like the Sixers need great shooters. It's a real tough spot for them, and he's only 26. And part of it, too, is that you gave up a lot a in that lot. trade. That's a bad trade. That, that yeah. trade, which nobody would have thought like at the time. I, mean, I think we thought they gave up a decent amount for right. him, but like everybody thought you would have had to give up more for Jimmy Butler. They gave up way more for Harris when you look at those two, the unprotected Miami pick, uh, Shamit, who... You know, if you kept Shamit, that's your Reddick replacement. It wouldn't have like been that necessary to keep Reddick around. I yeah. don't think. I mean, think about it. Tobias, we're talking about being this team's like elite three point shooter. You had that in Landry Shamit for five million dollars over the next three years. That hurts. Like, think about it. that's like that's a rookie deal on under two million dollars average annual salary. I mean, that's a killer. So, I mean. Th- Great job by the Clippers, I guess, and, and that was not a good trade by Elton Brand. No, no. And for for and f- for the Sixers, like they need to find players in this draft that are going to help them. Next they year. do. They like, do. You, you can't be taking Euro stashes. You can't be. I know he mentioned. Well, they can't add five picks. players to the roster. They have four second round picks, right. but that first pick and, the, and and at least two or three picks have to be winning, experienced college players who are twenty two year old men who can come in and contribute. None of this nineteen year old nonsense. Right. Like get get some guys who can play basketball right away. Like, can you find another Shamit? Tomorrow night, right, it's like, tough. Like that's but the that's, kind of th- yeah. thing you got to be looking for. Yeah. Now, when you look at like, I do. I will say this. I do. I am excited about Elton Brand in that regard because I do think if anybody can analyze basketball prospects, he's got to be up there in terms of general managers around the league because he's such a smart player. He played for Duke. He played for the Bulls. He's he's had such a great playing career, and he's a smart guy. 
I think he's going to be good at it's a, it's a hard thing to do, but I think if anybody's going to be good at it, I think he's got a good shot at fine at doing that second round stuff. I mean, obviously, obviously, like Zaire, we don't know about yet, so it's hard to judge. But right. I actually think like they did a pretty good job with that draft last year. I think so too. Yeah. The fact that you you got the that unprotected Miami pick, which you flipped for Harris. And you got Shamit, which you flipped yeah. for Harris. Shamit like, was maybe the best value pick in the entire draft. Right. Like, yeah. you essentially got Harris on draft night last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Like, by the navigating, you did that night. And he wasn't, I guess, I don't think he was the GM at that point, but he was obviously involved, involved yeah. significantly. Yeah. Now, when you look beyond the Sixers, like, at the rest of the league, this is where I think it really does have to impact the Sixers' mindset, too, in terms of... What we just saw happen in the finals, the way, you know, Durant is obviously gone next year. Uh, Thompson may be back in February or March, but even so, I like I don't think the Warriors are really a playoff team next year. I, I would I would honestly, if I was them, I wouldn't play Curry a ton of minutes. I'd load manage him a yeah, lot. Yeah, I mean it's they have a lot of things to do. Yeah. I, I Livingston and Iguodala could be gone, you know, Kevin Looney could be gone. They, their roster Durant. can look a lot different. So Durant could be gone. So and, I think Clay, Steph and Draymond will stay together and make them a formidable team for the next three to five years. Next season, to your point though, with Clay out for most of the year. Who knows where they'll be seating-wise. So let's do some projecting. You, so we both are agreement Clay stays in Golden State. I yeah. think that's pretty clear. Yeah, his dad basically said that. Yeah. Right. Now, Durant, I and think— And the injury, I think, helps Golden State contractually. I do too. Yeah. I, and I think the injury helps Golden State's uh, chances of keeping Durant, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it definitely gives Durant, like, an extra edge— um, look, now you got everybody telling you how much we love you and like, you know, you have that emotional element of being injured and recovering. Harder for him to go to leave, you know, without with having to sit for a full season, kind of getting familiar with a new franchise, being hurt is is got to be difficult. I don't think it would be crazy if he went to the like I wouldn't be shocked if he went to the Knicks or the Nets or, the Nets, or yeah. whatever, but uh I do think there's a very good chance he stays in Golden State. I think the Nets, I still think the Nets, like there's a chance he could go there, team up with Kyrie, and they kind of right. just go through next year with Kyrie, and they're basically, you know, I like, Agreed, like yeah. kind of like the Celtics this year, yeah. and they're a mid-Eastern Conference team. Yeah. But um, the other big one, obviously, is Kawhi, and I think it's clear, like I was, you know, Praying a couple weeks ago that maybe the Sixers could get a meeting with Kawhi. Maybe there'd be now they're you know I think we're pretty much beyond yeah. that stage. There's it no looks, chance of that happening. I don't like the Clippers have been talked about a lot. I just don't see why he would go to the Clippers. I know he's from LA and he wants to play for the Los, An- and the Los Angeles team. You know maybe he considers the Lakers because of LeBron and AD, but and he finishes his career with Anthony Davis. You know together, but uh, I I don't know. I hope he stays. I think he should stay. He won the championship there. Toronto loves him. Uh, he he was great there, and for me, selfishly, I like the villain thing. I like Sixers versus Kawhi. I like that he hit the shot. Ag- not not that I like that he hit the shot against us, but I like that we can get revenge. Embiid getting revenge on him one day is poetic. Is like part of the story. I get to watch him when he's on. If he goes to L.A., I'll never see this guy play. Ten thirty, forget it. So we, like selfishly, I want him to stay in Toronto. We've talked about this kind of thing a lot, and we differ yeah. so much. Where you yeah. love the story, yeah. you love yeah. the journey. You just, just want to win. win. Yeah. Like I want yeah. Kawhi to go to the Clippers. Yeah. I think the Clippers with Kawhi would be pretty damn good. They'd be good, but they would need more. They would need more. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more they 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 took 
a, a Golden State team at full strength yeah. the six games yeah. this year. No, I know. They were good, but, like, they don't really, you know, Lou Williams is old. You know, Pat Beverly's old. Like, Montrez Harold is a nice player, but like, I love know, all those guys. Those guys are nice players, but I you need it. You would need a second guy to to help you with the scoring at least. I mean, Toronto. Look, Toronto is like a mixed batch where like those guys melted down in games against the Sixers at times, and they were bad in certain games. But like Kyle Lowry is a five time All Star, and Pascal Siakam averaged twenty points a game, and Danny Green is a winner, a champion who hits shots, and Marcus Saul is a great NBA. You know, those guys are really, really good too. So uh, I don't think the Clippers are as good as the Raptors. I just, I think it's, I think it's wild when you look at the East, like whether Kawhi goes back or leaves, it's just it's wide, wide open. Like it's wide I, open. That, like I thought, the Raptors were significantly better than the Sixers going into the playoffs. I thought it was the worst matchup. I wanted the Sixers to fall to the four seed. So they would have played Milwaukee in the second round, but after that series, I think you were right, though. Yeah, yeah. Still, I think you were right. I think uh, yeah. Milwaukee was a better matchup than than Toronto. Toronto was was the best team in the East. I mean, they won. But I'm like emboldened now. Like I don't think the Sixers are that far away anymore. And I, I think they even proved if Kawhi it. Goes back, they can beat the Raptors. They, they should have if they if they, they beat, sh- they, wasn't sick. You know, you, they they really did. They proved it. They're right there. And if you had a list, like, look, we do this every year. But the point is, is they're in the mix, and for the first time in five years. There's no clear cut one, no. so like that's why it's exciting because as a Sixers fan, like this, we we've we've known this too. Like people talk about, someone tweeted at me like uh, again about the process being a failure, and I'm like, you're you're gonna give up already? This is really year three of Embiid and Simmons. This is kind of when it's starting to like you you couldn't have expected to win in year one and two. Now we're hitting year three, four, five. Now we're hitting Simmons's age twenty three season. We're start. We're only starting to get to Simmons's peak, and Embiid's twenty five. Like we're hitting their prime now. Now is when they when you when you go for it. Now is when their window is opening. It's just opening. It's not closing. So people need to understand that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like when you look at the history of basketball, teams with like two you know stars of like the teams who. Those are your two best players, and you can argue whether Butler or Simmons is a better player last year. But essentially, right. you know, they're your two best players. What they're, they did at with that young of a team is pretty much unprecedented. Yeah, like yeah, to to play the champion that tough in the second round. So you know, I think we. I think both, it speaks to volumes to what they did two years ago with without Butler and Harris with Covington and Dario. They, I mean, they lost in five to the Celtics, but that was a good Celtics team, and they it was played good series. They, good series. They played them tough, and like I think we've. For two years, we have now, you know, 164 games sample size of the Sixers regular season starting five being the one of the best rosters in the league, you know, on off stats wise with Embiid and Simmons. You know, those other three guys have been interchangeable, but when Embiid and Simmons are on the floor, this is one of the best lineups in the NBA, bar none, statistically, offensively and defensively. A lot of that is Embiid, uh, but but Simmons' value is extremely important too. Uh, and those two guys have figured it out. Like that's exciting. They have figured out a way to coincide, and they understand they need each other, and they like each other, and they want to play together. And that's all you can ask for as a Sixers fan. I just can't stand the way that Simmons is is discussed. Uh, I know. Like it's just it. It's, yes, he has flaws. He has one significant flaw that I believe, and I think you agree, he will improve. Like, and it's and it's not going to be perfect next year. No, like, and people need to understand that he's not going to come back. He's not going to be lights out from 12 feet. Yeah. He's not going to be shooting 35% from three. That just, it's going to take time. 
it's 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 the most frustrating thing I've ever experienced in this city. Maybe, maybe. He's I so, mean, it's but he's so, so he's elite at everything else. He's an elite defender who he gave Kawhi legit issues in that series. Like Kawhi had to work for everything he got against the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, it's we are. It's a it's a league that's obsessed with shooting, and it's a fan base that's obsessed with shooting. Uh, if I told you I can create a guy that's gonna be the fastest player in the league, one of the best, most versatile defenders in the league, one of the best passers in the league, one of the best rebounders for his positions in the league, but he's not going to be able to shoot the ball, would you take him? And the answer is yes, 100 out of 100 times. You have to deal. Like, as a fan base, we have to accept that he's not a good shooter. To me, he might never be a good shooter, but he's already an all-star without that. If he can figure out his jump shot, it's gravy, but I'm I'm trying to figure out ways to to maximize his talent with this deficiency. Like it's happened with players before. Rajon Rondo's dealt with it. You know, guys can be great without shooting and scoring. And Simmons doesn't need to score to be great. He he was the fifth scoring option this this postseason, and he was okay with that. And that's that's fine. He, like Draymond Green does not score for Golden State. He's their fourth or fifth scoring option, but he's one of their most impactful players every single night. So like I, I don't think scoring is an end all be all in basketball. I think as a like a fan base is kind of like hone in on st- points per game and three point shooting and what you can't do. And like I, I think for Simmons, you got to look at what he can do. And and if he if he God forbid he ever creates a jump shot for himself. Like at any point in his career, it's game over. It's right. lights out. And we're not saying he's perfect fit. Like it, no, it, it's in, tough. You know, but the idea of trading him now is absurd. Like if if you get two to three more years into this thing and he still hasn't made the the advancements that he should make, and you just feel like at that point, okay, him and me just on. don't fit, and yeah. it's time to move on. Maybe, maybe, maybe. even then, at tw- maybe at twenty-five years right. old, you know, right. he's he's only twenty-two. Like every team in the league would take this guy instantly and figure it out. Like you got to figure it out. You don't, you don't just because things are tough and it's not perfect. You don't trade it. You know, just because Carson Wentz has an injury problem, you don't just trade him. No player is made perfectly. If that was the case, then sports wouldn't be fun. Everybody has their problems. You know, Butler has his issues. Harris has his issues. LeBron has his issues. James Harden, people don't like. He's an ISO player. Russell Westbrook. Everybody doesn't like somebody. Like right. it's crazy, but like I think that's the that's the narrative, that's the talking point. But I think most fans understand that um, most smart Sixers fans understand that this guy's like at 22 years old. What he's done in two years, I mean, you just don't an All Star already, All NBA. I mean, excuse me, Rookie of the Year, All Star, 18 or 16, 8 and 8, and it's like it does, doesn't happen very no. often. So you have to expect him to grow. And if he never gets better, he's still a good player. If he never, worst case scenario, like, yeah, I st- which isn't going to happen. We but, still think he's going to be great. Like, yeah. it, and, you know, it's funny, like, now when you look at the East, and, and I think we agree that a, a Butler, Simmons, Embiid group, whether Harris comes back or not, can certainly contend in the East. And the, you talk about the nature of going for it now as opposed to waiting. I I did want to talk about, you know, the reason I think really illustrated why you got to go for it now and why you can't wait forever to try to do this, and it's Boston Celtics. Yeah. When you look at what's happened to them over the past year, it's a disaster. They're going to lose Kyrie now. They're going to lose Horford now, which nobody saw coming. Like, the Celtics spent all these years gathering these assets, 
and waiting and never cashing him in. Never, and yeah, they got Kyrie and they didn't give up a ton for him. But in the end, they end up gathering all these assets, really doing nothing. I mean, they got Tatum, who's a really good player, and Brown is a really good player. But in the end, this window kind of passed them by. It's it's insane. Makes me happy. It's but great. I I I knew people were overreacting to this. Look, this idea that like um, you can go find free agents and create super teams and sustain success is really non-existent. Uh, like like it's totally fine to go out and get free agents, high profile free agents, but all dynasties in the NBA are built through the draft. This was this was the Sam Hinkie plan. Like you have to have your cornerstone guys where you can get you get those rookies for 7 years. Mm-hmm. Simmons will be here for 7 years. Embiid will be here until they have a decision. Shaq was on the Magic for 6 years, 7 years, like or I don't know what it was back then, maybe it was 5 years. But like it's a long time. Golden State was able to go out and get Durant because of that foundation they had. You know, the Heat went out and got LeBron and and Bosch because they had Wade and the, and that only lasted four years. Right. Like that's not it's not going to last forever. The only way to sustain success through decades is to do what the Spurs and the Warriors did. It has to be built through the draft. OKC had a shot at it. They they blew it. Uh, Houston's now trying to finagle their way. If that's not working, it's got to start from the draft. You have to have some sort of foundation through the draft. You can't just go find guys because they're too fickle. Kyrie, you can't. He's too fickle. Like you don't know what he's gonna do, what he's gonna think. Durant, they'll leave. You know those guys. Paul George leaves. Like these guys are just bounce around and change teams. Butler, you know you you can't rely on that. But when you when you draft them, you have them for seven years. They're locked in, and that's the only way to do it. And like. I think as a fan, at least I would rather my team be uh, sustain success and be like the Andy Reid Eagles, although they didn't win. But you, you, you have a chance to win for 10 straight years than to be like the Toronto Raptors if Kawhi leaves where they win one, but then like if, if Kawhi leaves, they're absolutely done. Right. Because it's not, it's not, you can't build that way. And at the same time, and in the, I think you're right, where at the same time, like you got to get those players but then I think this is kind of mis- the mistake the Celtics made that I, I don't think the Sixers are going to make is while you have those players, you can't be too conservative around them. Like, you've got to go for it. Like, the Celtics conceivably, and I don't know if the Pelicans would have necessarily done it, but they could have tried to trade for Anthony Davis two I years ago. I think they did. I don't know about uh, – I don't know. Maybe you're right. But, but, like, they did They did have a loaded roster. I think they just underperformed this year. They also – like, the Celtics could have gotten Jimmy Butler. Celtics could have gotten Paul George. Yeah. And they decided not to go after any of those guys. And you look at it, what happens in the end, yeah. and it all passes them by. Yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward tore his knee, and yeah. that messed a lot of it up. That good, no, I know, me either, but that messed a lot of that up. But, yeah, no, you're right. And, I mean, I, I still – really do like Jason Tatum as a young player. I love I love Terry Rozier and I think if he becomes a free agent, he's really interesting for for pretty much any team. Like I can see him being an all-star player at some point in his career. Um I don't really love Jalen Brown out of the 3. But like their that's their foundation um was Tatum. And like they they haven't built around they tried to supplement him with Kyrie and that didn't work. Horford's going to leave. Horford was a- another free agent, so now they have to like reboot uh, and they don't really have the draft capital to do it. So it's like, as a Sixers fan, they're in a great, you know, you're like, all right, the Celtics are... I, I was hoping for this Sixers-Celtics thing for, for a few years. I still think the Celtics will be good, um, but, like, I don't know. I, they don't look scary at all. 
I'd rather be us. Right. And before before we wrap up here, like you just saw a report about the Sixers potentially being in on Horford. Yeah, Shams reported they were the the, the four most likely teams were the Lakers, Sixers, Rockets, and Mavericks. That's uh, so weird uh, to me. Really weird. And I, I would guess it's a it's a backup plan. The Sixers are, are have to be starting to create some sort of plan B's if Harris and or Butler Butler first and then Harris leave. They could lose both of them, even if they offer them both the max. So they have to have some sort of other plans. So I think you start thinking of guys like Al Horford and Harrison Barnes, who are like free agents who could help. Like I'm thinking, if you bring back Butler and you don't get Harris back, Horford could would you, be an interesting could you, fourth guy. You couldn't like, afford him though. That's you the could, thing. You couldn't afford if you bring back one. If of you Butler bring back Harris? one, because then you'd have okay. three max guys. The, the salary cap's around 105 to 110 million. Right. Uh, I'm I'm assuming they're going to extend Simmons this summer. I don't know what they do with that. I mean, Simmons will sign the rookie scale max at some point. Right. Maybe they can wait until the season so they would have an extra slot. So maybe they maybe they could finagle it and do it that way and bring in Horford. If you can bring in Horford and Butler and keep Butler and you'd have Simmons and Bead, Butler, Horford, four out of your five starters. I mean, that's the best team in the East, I, I think. Mean, Barring I mean, other crazy things happening. Rim protection alone would Defensively be Defensively would be nuts, yeah. Uh, then, and Horford definitely can play the four. He can guard other fours, and he can make shots. And we talked about this, too. That You talk about just, I think, a lot of teams, after seeing what the Raptors did with Kawhi and how that worked in the postseason, and Bede's already a guy who is you know, not always going to play a ton of games that's a way to take a lot of heat off him, sit him, play him 60 games in the games you don't have, and yeah. play Horford at the five. Yeah, I mean, and you don't want to, like, go cra- – Horford's 33, so you don't want to go crazy with his minutes either. But, like, to your to your original point was, like, you know, Horford's a guy who's going to get max money on a three-year or four-year contract. That's what he wants, and that's going to – it's going to be overpaid. Like, it's going to be – fans are going to see that contract and be like, you know, wow, $160 million for Al Horford. But, like – to your point, if you're going for it, you know may, maybe the the back end of that contract stinks, but the first two years of that contract, you're a good player, and maybe you just suck it up, you 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 pay him, right. and you make a run at this thing in the next year or two, and you have a real shot to to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, out of those so, teams you mentioned, Dallas Dallas is in Dallas, Dallas would make a, a really lot interesting of sense team. with Horford yeah. and Porzingis, Luka and yeah. Porzingis. That yeah. would be a nice squad they put together. The there. league's gonna look a lot different next year. Yeah, but there, there are a lot of teams like that. Like Utah just got. Mike Conley today. Yeah, and there are a lot of teams like that. But to your point again, that they think they have a shot like this year. Like, like who would have thought last good. year? Yeah. Who would have thought last year? Like if you put Horford on Dallas, right? They're a legit contender to win the West next year. If so, granted, Porzingis got to come back healthy. But, yeah, they're they're a playoff team for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean they could be a mid seed. Yeah. yeah, and then I mean you have a, a New Orleans Pelicans team. That's going to be absolutely loaded. They're probably not good enough to make the playoffs, but they, they they should contend for a playoff spot. You know, Lonzo and Drew and and Ingram and Hart, and they're going to pick Zion, and they're going to pick the fourth fourth overall pick, and they're going to they can make trades and they can package things. I mean, they're in a great spot. I, that trade, by the way, was I mean. The Lakers had to do it because they had to get Davis, but yeah. that was a that was a great return. Great for return, New Orleans. Yeah, it was a great trade for both sides. I think it was it was pretty much a no brainer. All along, the Lakers had the most to give up. In my eyes, I thought their package was better than Boston's the whole time. I will say that kind of does, I wanted Griffin last off season. Too. He did a good job. And I'm yeah. kind of upset now yeah. because if you, like I like Elton Brand, but yeah. I'd be more confident if David Griffin was running the show. I yeah, I think he has more experience. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah, so. he's good. But uh, I'm we'll excited to up. see. 
Yep. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great offseason. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. That was fun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.